Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. A reminder that today's Watomax jackpot is an estimated $40 million. Enter online right now at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win $100 in Lotto Max tickets with Encore. Lotto Max, dream to the max. Joining us now from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, also the host of the aptly named Mo Egger podcast, it is Mo Egger. Mo, thank you so much uh, for joining the show today. It's good to be with you. What's going on? Um, you know, nice day here in Toronto. Um, I, I'm too. I'm more excited for NFL preseason than I should be, but I know 20 minutes in, I'll turn it off when I don't recognize anyone. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to start here with you. Uh, a month ago, what was your knowledge medically of the calf and calf-related <laughs> injuries versus what is it today? Well, you know, fortunately, here's what I didn't realize up until last Thursday. I, I guess I, I follow, and I didn't know this going in, <laughs> uh, about 2,000 amateur doctors on Twitter yeah. oh. who uh, had never revealed themselves as experts <laughs> on the calf muscle. But by uh, Thursday evening, you know, I, I didn't realize if I ever have a calf issue, there's lots of folks on that social media app. Uh, that I that I can go to, uh, I know a lot more than I did a week ago. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I didn't know there were different grades of, of calf strains. I think more than anything here, you know, what we spent a lot of time last week doing on top of just figuring out okay specifically what happened to Joe Burrow, we were trying to come up with what is the specific definition of the word several because Zach Taylor, the mm. coach, said mm. Joe's going to miss several weeks. Now yes. the way I put it was. I've had I've gone out for a couple beers and I've come home after having several and I could tell you there's a difference. <laughs> there is. So, you know, well I I think more than anything else I I we've we've gone from okay is 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 a few in between a couple and several and then is a bunch more than several. We've done that as much as we have figured out uh, specifically the the range of of different calf injuries. Uh, true or false, before we get more into Joe Burrow, has anyone ever gone out for, hey, I'm going to go out for a beer, they went for a beer, paid for a beer, and then left the bar? Uh, no one who's normal has ever done that, no. Thank you. Uh, is there any other updates, like, in your mind, uh, just from whatever messaging, and again, I'm sure, you know, everything's keeping close to the vest. Um, do you, how likely do you think it is that Burrow is there for week one? I, I feel like it's likely. You know, I, I've put it to a bunch of people this way. If you had to wager an amount of money that mattered to you, he plays or he sits week one. Everybody uh, unanimously has, says, has said he plays week one. There is a genuine sense. I think, first of all, that they dodged a little bit of a bullet. I think, secondly, it caused them to sort of reexamine <laughs> what, what their approach is going to be here at the start of training camp because that particular day, it was really hot. They were going really hard, and Joe was going really hard. And so maybe it's caused them uh, – and I, when I say really hard, I, I mean really hard by 2023 pro football standards. Uh, but, but, yeah, I think there's a genuine sense. You know, Joe is not wearing a boot. He's not on a scooter. He's in every meeting. He's been in the locker room. Uh, nobody, you know, really starting with the day after the injury is exuding any sort of concern or panic. And so the, the, the opener is five weeks from Sunday. Uh, I think there's a genuine sense that not only will he play on September the 10th against the Browns, but but he'll be available for a fair amount of practice time leading up to that. Yeah, it's uh, 
I mean, it's funny. Like, uh, I'm joined by Mo Egger from ESPN 1530, and hopefully he is there for the start of the season. And wow, did everything in the NFL world stop last week when we saw that footage. Uh, moving on to, like, put Burrow to the side. Is the next biggest story when it comes to the Bengals? Is it all things contracts, where what's, is, how much more money is Burrow going to get than Justin Herbert? Uh, what's going to happen T. Higgins in the final year of his deal? Do they try to extend Jamar Chase early? I know we always hate the contract talk, but it feels like around Cincinnati it's one of the top stories. It's the top story. And and I think part of that's a reflection of, first of all, there's not a lot to be decided here during training camp. I mean, it's basically who's the right tackle going to be, who's the punter going to be. You know, even a year ago at this time, it was, well, they have, you know, four new offensive linemen and was going to the Super Bowl the year before a bit fluky. And can they stay as healthy and can they do a better job of protecting Joe Burrow? I think I think there's a few things that we just we know. Number one, I think we feel like this team is pretty good top to bottom. Number two, the division is going to be excellent. Number three, um, they're going to be measured against the best teams in the league, like the Kansas City Chiefs, who I, I think them and the Bengals have, have really forged a, a really fun rivalry. But, you know, there's really only so far you could take that stuff, at least until the season begins. And so, okay, what else is there? Well, Joe hasn't signed his contract yet. Now, yeah. You know, you know, it, it, it's it's funny. You know, the, the manager of the Cincinnati Reds got a contract extension uh, last week, and if I would have said to, to you or anybody else in in early February, uh, David Bell's going to put his name on the dotted line before Joe Burrow does, you would have said I'm out of my mind. And I might be, but that actually happened. And so, the feeling is the contract is there. It's going to be signed. This isn't going to be that big of a deal. Uh, I think if you're Joe Burrow. Yeah, you wanted to wait to see what uh, Justin Herbert signed for because you're better than Justin Herbert. You've at least had the better career. You were picked earlier than Justin Herbert. You've won more than Justin Herbert. So I think for most of us it was, okay, that last domino falls, now it's going to be Joe. I think what what complicates it, uh, perhaps unfairly, first of all, it is the Bengals. And, you know, I've said on a number of occasions here, they're sort of in a no-win situation for how people are going to talk about this because let's say they, they pay Joe Burrow and they pay T. Higgins and then down the road they pay Jamar Chase. Folks are going to say the Bengals have no idea what they're doing in terms of building a roster. There's too much money concentrated in one area of this team. Uh, do they realize you have to, to pay guys to play defense? Do they, do they realize that, that the players they're going to lose who, who play other positions? And if they don't sign one of those guys – then it's going to be, see, there's the Bengals again. They're being cheap, which has been thrown <laughs> at them for a while, and sometimes fairly so, I think often unfairly so. Um, I think th- there's a couple of things about this. First of all, they have done some things, you know, very uncharacteristic uh, of them business-wise. They sold the naming rights of the stadium that uh, carried the, the father of the owner's name. So that was done specifically to raise the capital to be able to give uh, Joe Burrow a ton of guaranteed money. They've also started to restructure some contracts. The Bengals have never been a team that comes to players and says, let's restructure. Uh, They've never been a team that comes to players and says, uh, let's do an extension so we can spread the money out over a further period of time. They've done some of that. And so I, I think you see them laying the groundwork for some of the things they want to do financially. But look, at the end of the day, T. Higgins is going to want to be one of the highest-paid wide receivers in the sport. Jamar Chase soon is likely going to want to be the highest-paid wide receiver in the sport. 
And Joe Burrow, at least for a while, is going to be the highest-paid quarterback in the sport. And so, yeah, there's there's some there's some roster-building challenges that come with that that uh, I think are going to be really interesting. I still think the Burrow deal gets done, but I do think if we get to week one and it's not, it's going to create some really interesting conversations. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. It'll be. It'll make it easy for you uh, at ESPN fifteen thirty. That's a, that's a in case of emergency break glass topic, and it'll always work. Uh, we're joined by Mo Egger. Mo, on the defensive side of things, a bigger story. Your defensive coordinator did not get a head coaching job, or Trey Hendrickson got a one year contract extension. Well, the the Hendrickson contract extension is kind of what I was re- referencing before, where. He had two years left on his deal, right? There was no rush to get a deal done. So what they, in essence, do is they sign him to a third contract without it being a long-term deal, and they basically pay him through his age 31 season. They get him for three more years, and they can spread more money across three years, which, again, might make it a little bit easier uh, to get done some of the deals they want to get done. The the Lou Anarumo thing, I think, ties into something that I think is arguably this team's greatest asset. And... It's a cliche term, but it's continuity. I mean, you think about it. The yeah. Bengals have won 22 regular season games and five playoff games over the last two years. They're head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and entire coaching staff has remained intact. That does not happen in this league. And so, uh, you know, with Lou, you, you wondered about two factors working against him. One is his age. He's, he's not a guy who's, you know, 34 years old. Two is the fact that he coaches defense, and this league is always looking for offensive guys. And so we were rooting for him to get a head coaching gig because I think he's deserving at the same time. Boy, if you're a Bengals fan, you keep those same coordinators, you keep that same head coach, you keep basically the same roster aside from the two starting safeties last year. Uh, this team has a chance to take advantage of something that uh, – is is a, is is a bit of a luxury for a team that's had their recent success, and that's uh, an incredible amount of continuity all across the roster and the coaching staff. Normally, I find that um, when radio hosts or people are talking about offensive line, they're doing it for two reasons: one, they're a hipster, or two, they want to flex their football knowledge to the listeners. But considering just how many hits Burrow got early in his career. And it was sort of an interesting offseason for the Bengals where your right tackle, Jonah Williams, wanted to be traded, and now he's going to be at right tackle. The team spent four, uh, a four-year, $64 million deal for Orlando Brown Jr. Is this the best pass protection Joe Burrow's ever had? Uh, it should be, but frankly, that's not saying all that much. I mean, yeah. you know, let's, let's be honest. And, and last year, you know, last year to a degree, uh, they had the same starting offensive line for 15 games, and then when the, the season came down to the waning weeks in the postseason, they started to lose guys. And so Joe played behind, you know, really two backup offensive linemen last year. He played behind flat-out a bad offensive line last year. And so, yeah, he goes into the season with what I think is going to be a pretty good offensive line. The question is, when, uh, when attrition invariably takes its toll, are they deep enough? Uh, and, and the Bengals coaching staff is going to tell you they are, but they said the same thing last year as the playoffs started. And to be fair, uh, they did win two games, and that game against Buffalo, the offensive line was terrific, but uh, the lack of depth sort of uh, came to the surface against Kansas City. And so to me, that's the real question. If this offensive line 
together plays 17 games and a bunch of games in the postseason, uh, I, I think that the pass protection is going to be quite good. But uh, what happens when the depth gets tested? I think that's a fair question. I don't know when we're going to get the answer to it, and ideally we don't, but at some point there's an offensive lineman that's going to miss a game. And uh, unfortunately for the Bengals, it happened at the worst time last year, and it, it cost them dearly against Kansas City. Last question. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Mo, before we let you go, we, um, and we're doing this series, we're talking to a different, uh, reporter, writer, ex-player covering every NFL team. And, uh, the win total for the Bengals on FanDuel is set at 11 and a half. Mo, you gotta take the college kids fund, the mortgage, the rent, the car payment, whatever you want. Are you taking over under 11 and a half wins for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2023? Uh, uh you know, it's really hard because of the quality of the division, right? It's really hard because they do have Buffalo on the schedule. They have Jacksonville on the road on the schedule. They have to go to Kansas City. It's it's really, really hard. But they won 12 games last year in what for them ended up being a shortened season. I think this team on paper is better than last year's team. That doesn't mean they don't have some things to figure out. They are replacing their two starting safeties. If I'm getting Joe Burrow, a healthy Joe Burrow for 17 games, and they can continue to enjoy the health that they've benefited from with their key offensive positions, and if the young guys evolve and develop the way I think they will on defense, I'll take 12 wins. I'll go over. But, you know, again, this division I think is the best in the sport. They are playing a really tough schedule. The bottom line for this team is last year they started 4-4. Four and four. Two years ago they started 5-4. and four. Got to get off to a faster start. If they do, I think they hit the over. Mo, appreciate. Thank you so much for joining the show. And, and enjoy, my God, Cincinnati. The revival of Cincinnati. <laughs> Between the Reds and the Bengals, five years ago. I mean, wow, what a difference half a decade makes for your town when it comes to sports. Enjoy all of it. We deserve it, I'll say that. Hell yes, Thanks you do. Me. Yes. You 100% deserve it, yes. That is Mo Egger. Follow him on Twitter, at Mo Egger, uh, ESPN 1530 host in Cincinnati. On the other side, stardom, sit him, cut him. It is our version of F. Mary Kill. We do it next.